Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm just going to do a very, very brief review. Um, the first time, uh, the first Wednesday that we taught, we looked at the Holy Spirit, our helper. We saw that when Jesus left this earth, that he sent the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit, they're one and the same, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, is the exact same person as Jesus. So he wasn't gonna leave us as orphans, we weren't gonna be left alone, that the Spirit of God was gonna come to this earth, and Jesus said that it's profitable for you that I go away, because then the Holy Spirit is gonna come. And the Holy Spirit, we found, that is the, if you would call it the secret ingredient to a soaring prayer life. Some people struggle in prayer while others soar. And we found that those who soar, soar because they ask the Spirit of God to help them when they pray. And the Spirit of God is here to help us when we pray, when we ask. We, we also saw that when we pray, we're to pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ. That was our first week. Last week, we looked at the Holy Spirit again. We saw that the Holy Spirit not only raised Jesus Christ from the dead, but he also raised Christ from the earth to heaven, and the power of God also seated Jesus at God's right hand. But not only that, the Holy Spirit came to indwell each believer. Jesus prayed, the, one of the last prayers he prayed was that the Spirit of God would come to live inside of us, that he, Jesus would be in us and we would be in him. Jesus prayed this for his disciples and he also prayed this for those who would be his disciples and that's you and me. So the Holy Spirit raised Jesus, but the good news that we learned last week was the Holy Spirit raised us too, that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus far above anything that the enemy tries to do on this earth, that we've been positioned there because we are joint heirs with Christ, we are citizens of heaven. If we've been born of God's spirit, which is what born again means, born again, born anew, born of the spirit, it actually literally means born from above. Amen? So we've been placed in Christ at God's right hand. So we've seen those truths. And tonight, what we're going to be look at, looking at is why we're there. What are we there to do? And in order for us to find out what we're there to do, we need to look at our model and our example, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, right now, he has a current or present day ministry. He's not just sitting there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for the culmination of the ages. He has a ministry right now at God's right hand. And we're going to look at two facets of Jesus' present day ministry. And the reason that's important to you and I is that in order for us to find out what we're supposed to be doing or operating from this position, we need to find out what is Jesus doing and how is he operating in this position. And the first scripture that we're going to look at tonight is found in the book of Hebrews. It's the third chapter, if you have your Bibles or a Bible app, Hebrews three, and we're gonna look at verse one. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, now read this, who share in the heavenly calling. We share in this heavenly calling. What are we to do? Fix your thoughts 
on Jesus, who we acknowledge as our apostle and our high priest. Other translations say that Jesus is the apostle and the high priest of our confession. The King James Version, which most of us probably aren't reading on a daily basis, say that he is the high priest of our profession. It's what we are saying. In the Old Testament, the the priest at the time, the high priest would go before God on behalf of the people. As our high priest now, as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, and as he is functioning as our high priest, he goes before the Father with the words we speak, church. The words that we speak when we pray, the words that we declare, what we say. Jesus needs to present those words that we pray in his name to his heavenly Father. So he's establishing as an apostle does, an apostle is one who is sent to establish. He is sitting, he is functioning as the one who establishes what we say, but this is the kicker. He can't present anything to God that's contrary to the word of God. He cannot present anything that is not the will of God. So it's important that in order for us to give Jesus something to work with, that we know what to say, we know what to pray, and then he is able, as our high priest, to present it to God our Father. You can also read, and we're not gonna go there tonight for the sake of time, in Hebrews 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, all of these chapters speak about Jesus' present-day ministry as our great high priest. So right now, At the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ is our great high priest. Let's look at Hebrews 8, verse 1. I'm going to read it from another version. Now, but read along with me. Now, this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest, there it is again, who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, amen? And we're there with him. Hebrews 7.25 in the NIV says, speaking of Jesus, therefore, he is able to save completely. Why? He's our great high priest. Those who come to God through him, there is no other way to God the Father. He, Jesus Christ, is the way. He's the truth and the life, and no man or woman or child can get to God the Father except through Jesus Christ. Jesus is able to save completely those who come to God through him. Why? Because he always lives to intercede for them. So right now, as our great high priest, one of the functions of the priesthood is to intercede for the people a go-between, a mediator, one hand on God and one hand on man. So our Lord Jesus Christ is the the great high priest seated at God's right hand, interceding for the world, interceding for the lost, interceding for the saints that they would fulfill the will of God here on this earth. So Jesus' intercessory ministry is ongoing, and you can read about a man named Melchizedek. We're not gonna go there because it's interesting, but Melchizedek had no beginning and no end. And 
Jesus is likened to him, and Melchizedek, for those of you who are familiar with him, had a priesthood that is never ending, and the Lord Jesus Christ is the same, the same way. Now, in addition to functioning as our great high priest, the Bible also tells us that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let's look at Revelation chapter 19. Revelation 19, 16, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. So right now, Jesus Christ is not only the great, our great high priest, which is true, he's also the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So if Jesus is currently functioning, if this is his present day ministry, functioning at the right hand of the Father as great high priest and king of kings, what does the word of God have to say about us? Because where are we? In the spirit, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So as he functions as the great high priest, as he functions as the king of kings, what is our function? Let's look at 1 Peter 2.9. This is so good. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are, point to your neighbor, it's, it's not impolite. You are, you are, I am a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. Why? That you, you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So you and I are right now a royal priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, amen? Revelation chapter one, what else are we? Revelation chapter one, we're gonna read verses four through six. Grace to you and peace from him, Christ, who is and who was and who is to come from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the king's of the earth. To him, Jesus Christ, who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and past tense, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Say amen, amen. So he has made us kings and priests unto our God. We see it again, let the word will always confirm itself. Anything that is true and solid is always established with two or three witnesses the Bible teaches in the law of witnesses. So let's see another proof. Revelation 5.10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and nation. And here we go, past tense again. And have made us kings and priests to our God, and read it with me, church, and we shall reign on the earth. We shall reign on the earth. That's what we're to be doing today. We are to be reigning on the earth. Amen? We are positioned in Jesus Christ at God's right hand to rule and reign as kings and priests to our God. And as we fulfill our royal priestly duties, seated in Christ in the heavenlies, praying spirit-led prayers, 
Things on earth will change and conform to the will of God. That's good news. If you have things going on in your life right now that you know are not God, take your seat. Rule and reign. You have been made more than a conqueror. You have been made a king and a priest unto your God, amen? And God has said you will rule and reign on this earth in Jesus' name. Job 22:28 tells us, you will also declare, or you, we could say decree, a thing, and it will be established for who? For you, well, yeah, for you. We're not gonna read so light will shine on your ways. That's a good thing, but we're not gonna get that far in the scripture. So you are gonna declare or decree a thing, and it will be established for you, amen? So many times in, in Christianity, I hear people saying, well, you know what? If God wants it to happen in my life, I know what he'll get it to me. Church, we've been given the responsibility to reign as kings and priests on this earth, amen? And the word doesn't say if Jesus declares a thing, it's gonna happen for you. The Bible says if you declare a thing, it will be established for you if you declare what the word of God says. When you know what the word of God says, what the promises of God are in your life or whatever situation you're facing, as you release or speak or declare God's word, God promises it will be established for you. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Kings make declarations and decrees, yes? yes. A king will make a declaration and make a decree. A, the definition of the word declarations, announcements or formal statements. A decree or decrees are official orders, edicts, or decisions. So as you and I declare the word of God over our situations in life, the word promises that it will be established for us. That's powerful. When you go to prayer, it's not, well, if it works, if it doesn't work. No, if the word of God says it, and God says you are in my son, and you are seated next to my right hand, and I'm telling you right now, if you'll believe me, and you'll open your mouth, and you'll declare a decree a thing, it will be established for you. Don't doubt it. Don't doubt it, doubt might come. You could have doubt come to your head and your heart is firmly established. You speak to that doubt, you say, in the name of Jesus, I refuse you. You're an enemy, I refuse this doubt in Jesus' name. I believe the word of the Lord and be it unto me according to his word in Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen? Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10 says, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day set you, look at this people, I have set you over nations and over kingdoms. Kings are over kingdoms, right? But we're over nations as well. To do what? To root out and to pull down. To destroy and throw down. To build and to plant. 
So, as kings and priests, we've been set over the nations. We have been set over kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy and throw down, and to build and to plant. And as we, as, listen church, you have to wanna do this. It's not a passive thing. As we function as kings and priests, to our God from our position, our God-given position in heaven, praying spirit-led prayers, we will root out, pull down, destroy, throw down demonic strongholds by the power of God here on the earth. Here on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. We will also build and plant for the kingdom of our God. 2 Corinthians 10.4 tell us, tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not mere man-made, um, breakable, things that get obsolete in five years. They're mighty through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds. So in the name of Jesus from our position at the right hand of God as we choose to reign and we choose to be high priests or priests, a royal priesthood, we will be able to root out and pull down demonic strongholds because the weapons of our warfare are mighty through our God, amen? But we must first reign in heaven in order to be able to reign here on the earth. Now, it gets even better. Um, Jesus, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, no, I'm sorry, not Jesus under the inspiration, the prophet Isaiah, with the Spirit of God moving on his heart, prophesied something in the book of Isaiah, and it's, in, it's Isaiah 22, 22, and it's in the New Living Translation. And this is what Isaiah said. I will give him, we'll see who that is in a minute, the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens doors, no one will be able to close them. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. Now, this prophecy is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, Pastor Beth, how do you know that the prophet was speaking about Jesus? I'm glad you asked me. We're gonna go now to the book of Revelation and find out how we know for a fact that this is speaking about our King of Kings and our great high priest. Let's look at, Revela we're gonna go to Revelation 3.7 and a little bit of background here is that um, Jesus is speaking to the church at Philadelphia. There are a number of churches that he was addressing. This particular church was the church that was located at Philadelphia. And this is what Jesus says in Revelation 3.7. And to the angel, or another word for angel is the messenger of the church in Philadelphia write, these things say he, says he, who is holy, he who is true, who has the key of David. He opens and no one shuts, and he shuts and no one opens. I added a little emphasis to the word right there, but I'm not twisting scripture. Jesus Christ is the one that has this key, this key of David. Now let's go to the New Testament. <clears throat> in the Gospel of Matthew, in the 16th chapter, excuse me, <clears throat> we read about the revelation of Jesus as the Christ. 
And Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, are? And then he turned around and he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Jesus then followed the revelation of him as the Christ with the revelation of the church. Let's read in Matthew 16, verse 19. It's, we're gonna read in the Amplified because this, oh, it amplifies it so beautifully. Matthew 16, 19. And, okay, I'm gonna read it, I'm gonna read it to you. And I tell you, you are Peter, that word Peter, the name Peter, is the Greek word Petros, and this is actually in the Amplified, which is a large piece of rock. And on this rock, this is a different rock now, this Greek word, is the Greek word Petra. And Petra is a huge rock, like the rock of Gibraltar. Oh, thank you, yes. Like the rock of Gibraltar. And this is Jesus now. I will build my church. So Jesus is telling his disciples, he's revealing him to him, his disciples that he is the Christ. And right on the heels of that revelation, he steps in and he starts to reveal the next purpose and that's his church. That's us, amen? And he says this, I will build my church. The Greek word for this is, you can say ecclesia, you can say ecclesia, tomato, tomato, whatever you prefer. Um, and the gates of Hades, or the gates of hell, and then in the Amplified it says, the powers of the infernal region shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. And then this is what Jesus says, church, Hold on to your hats. Nobody's wearing a hat tonight. I, Jesus, will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus had the key of David. We, we read that, correct? And uh, we read that in Isaiah and we read that in Revelation. But now Jesus is saying to us, his body, his ecclesia, and we're gonna see the definition of that in a minute. He's giving to you and me the keys of the kingdom of heaven and listen to what he tells us. Whatever you bind, what does that mean? It means to declare to be improper and unlawful. Whatever you bind, whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. So if we know that something is not the will of God, if we know that sickness and disease are not the will of God, if we know that premature death is not the will of God, if we know that poverty and lack is not the will of God, if we know that brokenheartedness is not the will of God, then you and I as kings and priests are to bind that activity here on this earth and declare it unlawful, amen? So if we know it's already bound in heaven, we can bind it here. Whatever you loose, what does that mean? Declare lawful. So as a high priest and a king, if you're gonna declare something lawful on earth, it must be what's already declared lawful in heaven. So it's up to us with the keys that we're given, kingdom keys, we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus to use these powerful tools when we legislate, when we operate from our position at God's right hand. Now when Jesus spoke to his disciples and he used the word the church, they heard ecclesia or ecclesia. 
And what they heard it to mean with their Middle Eastern mindset is that he was talking about an assembly of people, get this, assigned to govern the affairs of a city, a state, or a nation. Amen? Now, the Romans, as they would be hearing what Jesus was saying, would know that to be a people, listen to this, sent into a conquered region to govern, but also to alert, or I'm sorry, also to alter the culture until, until it became like that of Rome. What are we to do? Alter our culture until it becomes like that of the kingdom of our God. Amen? When Jesus said he would build his church, his ecclesia, he was speaking of a body of people who would legislate for him spiritually, extending his kingdom government and influence here on this earth, on earth as it is in heaven. In this first announcement regarding the church, Jesus is declaring that the kingdom government the rule, the decree, and the counsels of hell won't prevail over his kingdom government on this earth, amen? He follows this declaration by saying that he would give his ecclesia or ecclesia keys, which Isaiah 22, 22 tells us represent our spiritual authority. These keys close or open spiritual doors, and we're gonna do this tonight as we finish in prayer allowing or disallowing activity. We're to allow the kingdom of God, we're to allow the Holy Spirit to operate, we're to disallow and to stop, root, root out, pull down, destroy the works of the enemy, amen? Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven in order for us to rule and to reign in the spiritual realm and extend his kingdom government and rule and influence here on this earth. We have the keys to bind, to declare improper or unlawful the enemy's activity here on this earth and to loose, decree and declare lawful the will of our God. Church, if you would stand up with me, we're gonna finish in prayer tonight because these three weeks and we're gonna work into these next four weeks, these total of seven weeks of prayer, not only for Bayville, but also for Manchester, also for every other multi-site campus that our God is going to give us responsibility over. Amen. Amen. We're gonna do our part right now. Now last week, I missed my little red chair. For those of you that were here, did that look good? Right, it just made the, our backdrop pop so much. We don't have our chairs. But when you pray, you can close your eyes tonight if you want, keep them open. If you want to walk around, walk around. We're going to be finishing up in prayer, and we're going to be, for those of you who have a spirit language, I'm going to ask you to be praying in the spirit as we pray, because that's our invitation to the Holy Spirit, our helper in prayer, to get us going in the right direction, and it also makes us sensitive and tunes us in to the way he would like us to lead. We're going to be praying for Bayville, Manchester and all of the campuses. We're praying for transformation. We're praying for brick. We're praying for any land that the Lord our God will give us. Amen? Amen. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, for the Holy Spirit, our helper, that he is here with us tonight. And we 
decide we're gonna follow him, we make a decision that we're going to allow him to lead us as we pray, Father God, as we speak your word, as we take our seat in the heavenly places right now, Father, seated next to you, Lord God, to be a king and a priest unto you, Father, to reign here on this earth. Father, we are gonna be praying, we are gonna be asking you, we are gonna be declaring and decreeing things tonight, and we have your word on it that things will be established according to your will. Father, we first pray for the harvest in in the Bayville area and the surrounding areas for every multi-site campus. Father, we first bind the enemy right now. We tell that strong man, you're bound in the name of Jesus. We come against his lies in the lives of the people in the surrounding areas in, in Ocean County. Father, even in the Monmouth County area, and we command darkness to go in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that the word of God would break up the hard and fallow ground in the hearts of the lives of the people in these areas, and Father, that there would be a holy flood and a mighty move of your spirit in the Bayville area with the water of your word. Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that your angels who excel in strength Father God, who hearken to hear the voice of your word spoken, would be commissioned and dispatched to the surrounding areas, especially to our Bayville campus as we're getting to launch next month. And Father God, that they are there seeing to it that no weapon formed against New Beginnings Bayville will prosper in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God would draw the hearts of men, women, women, and children, and that you would give unto each of them the spirit of wisdom and revelation according to the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened according to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. Father, we also pray for laborers and workers. Father, your word tells us that you are the Lord of the harvest. Father, we're asking you to send forth your hand-picked, anointed and appointed laborers and workers into the harvest field of Manchester and Bayville and every other area that you are giving to us, Father, to govern and to rule over. Father, Proverbs 11.30 tells us that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. We declare we are wise in the name of Jesus. Jesus told us that he would make us fishers of men. So Father, thank you. With your anointing upon each one of us, we are able to be fishers of men and be, draw people into your kingdom in the name of Jesus. Father. We thank you for these many anointed workmen and workwomen that are coming in, Father, that they are just like Stephen, they're full of power and they're full of faith in the name of Jesus and signs and wonders accompany their ministry in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that the word of God would have free course and be glorified in Bayville according to 2 Thessalonians 3.1. Father, and we declare that the word of God would spread across Southern Ocean County and that the numbers of disciples multiplies in these counties according to Acts 
Chapter six, verse seven. And Father, we declare these things tonight according to your word. We know that your word is your will. And Father, we come into agreement right now in the spirit of unity, and we say amen and amen, so be it. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory at newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today.